Tatar gave it away to Dreisaitl. He'll get a long pass to McDavid in on the breakaway. McDavid scores! Connor McDavid ends the game in overtime. Oilers win 4-3. No doubt about it. Connor McDavid on a breakaway in overtime. You know he was going to put it away. Oilers take it 4-3 over the Montreal Canadiens. Leon Dreisaitl with the assist as the Oilers bump up their record to 34-18-2 on the season. The Canadians, who have not been good in games tied after 60 minutes, do clinch a playoff spot. Their record 24-21-10. Kind of a funny-looking record for the Habs, but it is enough to get them into the postseason. How are you doing tonight? Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line from the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center as Connor McDavid gets his ninth career regular season overtime goal. He is tied with Leon Dreisaitl for the Oilers franchise lead. Yari Curry in third with seven. I would think by the end of their careers, Dreisaitl and McDavid will have a healthy lead in that department, Rob. But anyway, that's a topic for another night. But, you know, the the play, McDavid going in alone. And, I mean, you just get the same. I mean, good offensive players have multiple moves. That's why they're good offensive players. But with, with McDavid, it's almost as if I'm I'm sitting here thinking, okay, like which of the 50 options is he going to pull off to score this goal? Hey, but have you ever noticed, though, he goes back, he's got three that he's really good at, and, and he goes to those because they haven't proven they could stop him. And on that one, we've seen a number of times where he comes in, quick stick handle, his body goes one way, the stick goes back and throws it over the goaltender. Uh, that is just fear for the goalie of looking really silly allowing McDavid to go all the way around him because McDavid's got the speed, the leg speed and the hand speed to do it. And you saw when he got the puck at the blue line, he took a look behind. And what he's doing is seeing how much time he has. That'll dictate what he's capable of doing and what what he can do. If he's got more time than he thinks, okay, now I got this, I can go to this move or that move. If he's going to be pressured or forced, then he's going to have to go in faster and do something different. He's not worried about getting caught. He's worried. He's just looking to see what he can use in his arsenal because now he knows exactly how much time he has to make the play. And, and again, when you're playing three-on-three three against McDavid and Dreisaitl, you cannot give up the puck. And the Canadians turned the puck over deep in the Oilers' zone, and as soon as it got on Dreisaitl's stick, uh, the game's over because uh, McDavid takes off, nobody's catching him, and Dreisaitl is not going to miss that pass. So it was a good ending. As, as Bob said, a perfect ending for Oilers fans. Dreisaitl sets up McDavid for an overtime winner, which not only gets the win for the Oilers, but knocks out the Calgary Flames out of the playoff race. Still some suspense as to who the Oilers will play in the opening round. The Winnipeg Jets have the edge, but they're trailing tonight 2-1 to the Vancouver Canucks. So... If they don't get a point out of that game, then third place would still be up for grabs, though the Jets would still have a bit of an advantage in that chase. Rob, when you talk about that move that McDavid makes, and you're right, we have seen him try it multiple times, breakaways, a couple of his penalty shots over the years. How difficult is that to have your body going to your right and you kind of got to leave your stick back to the left and then to still get enough on the shot? Honestly, it's not difficult, but most players aren't going at the speed McDavid is. 
So when a player is going forward and then pulls his stick back, the goaltender, okay, he's reading it, and okay, here goes the stick. I'm just going to stay in this position. Where McDavid has a huge, huge advantage is even when he's coasting, or in, in Connor's world, coasting, where his feet aren't moving, he's still going at high speed. And his hands are so quick, so he pulls his hands back so fast that his stick now is about a foot and a half behind the goaltender's body, and he's got an open net to shoot at. His eyes and his body don't have an open net, but his stick blade does. So the, the, the way that it's so successful for him is the speed he's going and how fast he can get his hands back behind him. Uh, m- most players in the National Hockey League can do it. It just the goalie can read it because they're not doing it as fast as Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid just does everything faster, which makes him much more effective. Oilers win 4-3 in overtime. And you talked about the turnover that led to Drysettle getting the puck and then he fired it up to McDavid. And I, I want to ask you about that play because when I was watching that, Caulfield, who is going to be a great goal scorer. I mean, we even saw flashes of it tonight. Mm-hmm. He had the puck in the corner and he he whacked it behind the net. And I, I think I understand what he was trying to do. If you rim it all the way around, you should keep possession. But I thought Drysettle might intercept it initially. And then I thought he put Tatar into in kind of a tough spot because he had to retrieve the puck with Leon right on him, and then Leon picks off the pass. What did what did you like? Did Caulfield make the right play? Did, did he just need to fire it and rim it around? He made the right play against anyone other than Leon and, and Connor. Uh, to me, that when you're playing against those two, and we saw it twice earlier in the shift, in the period where the Canadians passed it back to their goaltender, and on that play right there, Caulfield probably should have fired it along in the same side he was fight all fire it all the way back into his own end then Allen comes out and plays it and then they can set up again what he did he, he turned it into a, a battle between Tatar and Dreisaitl and in all honesty it's, it's not a fair battle that's one that Leon's going to win every time and now Caulfield's out of position because he's not going to be able to get back in time and the at very worst the Oilers are going to have a, an odd man break so it's tough. If he would have done that against any other twosome that the Oilers sent out, it's not as dangerous a play. But you put a 50-50 puck out there, and the Oilers have Leon and Connor on the ice. They're going to win those battles and create scoring opportunities going the other way. He either eats the puck in the corner and allows both his teammates to get back in good defensive positioning, or he just fires it back the same side he is on all the way back to his own end. Jake Allen gets the puck. And now all of a sudden they're out of trouble again. So it was just, it was tough. It, it's, everything's a learning experience. The first, well, the first time or the 40th time you play against Connor and Leon because they just make any little teeny weeny mistake, they turn it into a big one. So the Oilers get the win 4-3 over the Canadians. These teams are going to play again at 3 o'clock Wednesday afternoon. That's 3 o'clock Edmonton time. And then 1.30 is the start time for the Oilers' final regular season game on Saturday against the Vancouver Canucks, 1.30 Saturday afternoon. The NHL has announced that the playoffs will begin Saturday night with Boston and Washington at 5.15 Mountain Time. I have been asked a lot by family members, friends, colleagues at work, (laughs) texting me, Rob, when the playoffs start for the Oilers. I can't tell you with any certainty. I know uh, John... uh, 
Bill Daly spoke today. I, I almost did it again. Called him John Daly because I'm a big golf fan. Uh, <laughs> Bill Daly, you know, said made some uh, suggestion that we could see the North Division get going on the 19th. Certainly, I would expect that the Vancouver Calgary games that have to be played next week will probably be in the afternoon. So it's just playoff games in the evening, whether it's well, North Division do. or uh, or American teams. Sorry, Rob. You know, I you know. Also, now with up until about half an hour ago, they didn't know if those Calgary Vancouver games meant something next week. Now they know they don't. So you wonder if you can move the the first playoff game for the Oilers or anyone in the North Division to Tuesday, it, because now they don't matter. Vancouver Calgary, so you could play play on the Tuesday before Calgary and Vancouver finish because both those teams are out of the playoffs. I don't know if the league would want to do that, but it would make more sense to start the North Division sooner rather than later since the American divisions have started. You don't want to have, you know, cramming in games in the North to try and catch up to the Southern neighbours. So you wonder if a, a Tuesday start is now possible or even a Monday start for the Leafs and, and, and the Canadians, which it'll probably be. So those are just things that may come into play now that the division has been finalised on who the four teams are. Yeah, yeah, and again, we, we don't know for sure. We know we're going till Saturday with the Oilers and, and the Canucks and the Canucks and Flames. There's there's no way that either team can get in now. So we wait and see for that. We will have all the playoffs games for you here on 630, Chad. We do, we do know that for sure. Okay, the Oilers win 4-3 in overtime, courtesy Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes, and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. Here's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. Start with Mark Spector, Sportsnet. So, Dave, if you're sort of just working on the playoffs and getting ready for the playoffs and, and trying to steal your game, uh, can you characterize tonight's game and how that fits into that plan? Uh, some good parts and some parts that uh, you'd like to see done a little better. But uh, all in all, we, we played a fairly solid road game. We gave up, you know, some couple of chances on outnumber breaks, one of them that... Uh, you know, it was a tough, uh, the last goal was a tough goal from outside. But, you know, we, we were just trying to get a bunch of people minutes and play solid, and we were all right. Mm -hmm. Do you, um, on James Neal specifically, uh, you know, I guess I'd ask you how you, you got a guy down there in the bottom of your roster that could be one of those playoff guys that gets you some much-needed depth offense, right? Every good team in the playoffs has that guy. Could Is that how you're sort of giving him an opportunity to be that guy? Yeah, that, that, that line was pretty good tonight. You know, McLeod gives them some speed in there that, and can hold on to pucks. And Chase and, uh, and Naylor are both big, heavy guys around the net. So it's good to see them get rewarded for some of their work tonight. But uh, they were pretty solid all over the ice. Kim Matheson, Post Media. Uh, Dave, uh, yeah, Dave, Connor McDavid uh, scored the game-winning goal and was asked about his defense this year. He says, well, not very good tonight because I was on for three goals against. So did they have a tough time against the checking line tonight? Well, if you look at uh, the third goal was, I wouldn't even class it as a scoring chance, so that's uh, not much there. They had a couple of, they had a neutral zone four check that uh, with him and Dreisaitl and Cooley Arby could have been a little better, but for the most part, he's been really solid. I mean, I think you look at, you look at Connor's plus minus and Leon's plus minus, they, uh, they defend very well.
So, he, uh, so some, how, some how difficult was this, Dave, against the team that was trying to get a point out of this? You know, they just got to get into the playoffs. Did, did that make it a little more difficult? And they looked like as they tied the game, they just wanted to get that point, and they went to overtime. Great, no big deal. I mean, too, we're we're trying to play just to get trying some things and doing some things in our in our structure and some things like that that we're, we're trying to play and just play solid and you understand where the other team is there they needed a point to to secure a playoff spot so you understand what they're doing but we're i mean everything we're doing right now is concentrating on our team and trying to find uh get players to uh make sure their game's in place and get our team game in place um, hi, Dave. Is there a bit more satisfaction when we come this close to the playoffs and you you get a win where the power play was not really a factor since you you only had one? And uh, as we approach the playoff, is this even more important? Uh, we won a lot of games this year without a power play, so it's it's just that's the way the game goes sometimes. Brian Rashad, TSN. Dave, with uh, with McLeod um, on that line, it looks like you know you're giving them some time together and a chance to, you know, maybe maybe be a usable line come playoff time. What have you seen from from his game that leads you to kind of be confident he would be ready for playoff hockey? And and what do you think of that line kind of moving forward and what they might be able to do? Well, they're they're an interesting line because Jason Neal are both heavy guys and and uh, do a lot of rooting around the net and down low and and. McLeod is a good skater, transports the puck well through the neutral zone. So it's kind of a mix of some skill. And uh, McLeod, even though he's a young guy, he, he's a mature for, you know, he understands the game. He plays a smart game all the time. And uh, so it's uh, so far, we've only played together a few games here, but they've, uh, they've looked pretty good. Um, had a couple chances tonight. Neither capitalized on one. It was good to see young McLeod get on the, on the board and, and get a point. So, uh, you know, so far so good. We'll we'll keep uh, keep looking at them here, and but uh, there's there's something there. They they played well tonight when a, in a game that a team is playing a desperate game against you, and they were fine tonight. He he skates so well. Um, you know, he moves around out, out there quick. What have you seen in terms of him maybe being able to be around it a little more offensively as games are going on here, and and finding ways to use that speed to. To generate those chances yeah i think he's i mean the young players they feel their way through the league they're you know the spaces gets taken up a lot quicker up here so he's he's finding his way but he's uh the thing i like about it, he plays a mature game he's not he's you know he'll if he's got to try to beat a guy in open ice he'll beat him and um you know he's he knows when to get a by the guy when you have to he's he's solid positionally so we'll continue he'll continue to grow his game experience is going to be great for him this last uh, you know these last games that he's been in it's been uh he's been solid he hasn't been over his head at all and uh, that's a good sign moving forward Terry Jones post media yeah Dave just a quick one uh, Bill Daly announced today that uh the uh, Canadian division teams will not begin their playoffs until midweek next week, which I'm gathering to be about Wednesday. Uh, you good with that? Uh, yeah. You know, we play Saturday, so Sunday will be off, and then uh, having a couple of days to prepare is probably uh, probably a good situation for us. Thank you. Yeah. Last question, Jim Matheson. 
Dave, you said uh, you gave Mike Smith a complete night off tonight. Was that one of two things? He's played a lot of hockey, and it doesn't hurt to your starter to take a night off, and the other at least to get Staylock wearing a jersey, so to sit on the bench rather than just be in the 23-man roster or 26-man roster not playing. Yeah, especially Schmidt playing, I mean, basically played 50 minutes in one game and and 60 of the other, so on the weekend and and uh, so we decided to give him the, the whole the whole game off here. He'll get a solid practice tomorrow and, and uh, I haven't talked to Schwartzy about who's playing on Wednesday yet. We'll figure that out tomorrow. Thank you. If there are no more questions, this includes Dave Tippett's media availability. And that is Oilers head coach Dave Tippett as the Oilers win 4-3 in overtime against the Montreal Canadiens. McDavid, a breakaway winner. The Canadiens get a single point. They are going to the postseason, so all 16 playoff teams in the NHL are now decided. Rob, a couple comments there about the line of Ryan McLeod centering James Neal and Alex Chason. They did produce a goal tonight, some other chances, and McLeod got his first NHL point, an assist. Yeah, they played well. Uh, they've been well for the last few games. You've got experience on the outside. Chason and Neal both uh, been around a long time, played in the playoffs, know what it takes, and you got a young kid coming up that uh, has got a ton of talent but doesn't have the experience uh, and, and know exactly what he's about to get into. So it's nice when you're sitting on the bench and, and something happens during a game or, or the emotions get away from you or you make a mistake, you can look to either side of you and they can tell you, okay, calm down. We've been through this before, yada, yada, yada. So uh, they were good. And, and Smith, or sorry, Neil and Chason are two guys that are playoff hockey built. They're big, strong, physical guys. They like playing from the top of the circles down in the offensive zone. They're not going to beat you on the rush, but they're going to get the pucks in deep from the red line in. And that's what you want in playoff hockey. You want to wear down the other team. And McLeod's that guy with speed that he can be the first guy in on the forecheck. He can be the first guy back on the back check. He's, he's very responsible defensively. So uh, they're making a push that line to be uh, in the lineup on opening night of the playoffs. And, deservedly so with the way they've played as of late and for Montreal the story tonight was the line of Evans Lekin and, and Byron they produced all three goals they had a fourth goal disallowed rightfully so I mean they yep. were obviously offside on the play but that line really drove it for the Canadians tonight well I think that was Byron's first game back he'd been out for a little bit so thank goodness for the Montreal Canadiens he got back in the lineup or they might be desperate even more desperate on Wednesday for a point they were excellent and for a lot of the night they were going head-to-head against Connor McDavid's line and uh, won that won the war on that one as they scored all three goals they had the fourth goal that was a nice play by Larson forcing that last hesitation at the blue line forcing it to go offside yeah no they it was they needed a spark that that we talked about it during the before the game. Montreal is a tired hockey club. They, seriously, with the 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 condensed schedule that they had uh, because of the COVID uh, scare that they had, where they were shut down for a little bit, they had to play a lot of games in a short amount of time. I guarantee you, part of the reason they have the injuries they have right now is just bodies being overworked and overtired. And they were on fumes, and they needed a spark, and that line gave them a spark that got them into the playoffs. And now they will have some rest too because they finish Wednesday and it might be a full week before they have their first playoff game. And that rest will be huge for the Montreal Canadiens going into the playoffs. 
uh, whether it's against Edmonton or most likely against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Hey, speaking of beautiful overtime goals, did you see Taylor Hall's move tonight? I, I did. Well, it's, it's funny. I was doing the show with Bob, and for some reason, I watched the games on the computer here, and for some reason, I've got like a 15-second tape delay. So every time, so Bob goes, oh, what a goal by Hall. And I'm like, okay, Hall doesn't even have the puck on my <laughs> screen right now. I'm like, oh. So then it made me watch, and yeah, it was nice. It was an absolute beauty of a goal. Uh, that is a tough division they're coming out of, but the Boston Bruins acquiring Taylor Hall and the way he has played for the Boston Bruins this year uh, leads to you to think that the Boston Bruins, again, have another chance to move on in the playoffs. They got a good hockey club, and Taylor Hall makes them better. But, yes, that was an absolute beautiful goal that Hall scored in overtime. Bruins win 3-2 over the Islanders, updating the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals with daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options. Head to AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. It's the Panthers shutting out the Tampa Bay Lightning 4-0. The Flyers beat the Devils 4-2. Avs and Golden Knights scoreless. That game just underway. Same deal with the Blues and the Kings. Chicago and Dallas, it's 4-4 with seven minutes left, Rob. The shots are 43-14 for Dallas. And it's 4-4, so uh, we'll keep an eye on That's that one. That's because Chicago are better shooters, Reed. They don't need as many. They, it's quality, not quantity for them. They're picking their spots. Predators taking it to Carolina tonight, 5 nothing early in the third. And the Canucks lead the Jets 2-1 with 11 minutes left in the third as we still wait to learn who the Oilers' first-round opponent will be as right here on 6.30, Chad, we brought you the Oilers' 4-3 overtime victory against the Canadians. Okay, you can get us... On the hotline presented by CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials, 780-496-0063. Chris in Phoenix paying us a visit tonight. Chris, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead, sir. Hey, boys. Uh, love hearing from you, from you guys. Love talking to you guys. Trust me, just because you guys haven't heard from me that much these last couple of years does not mean I am not watching my Oilers kick some proverbial butts. Uh, it is exciting. Um I loved it when we got Holland. When we got Holland as our GM, I, I, I foresaw that uh, this is what was going to happen. And these last two seasons have been exciting. Would have been uh, much more exciting last year had we not been shut down uh, by COVID in March. Uh, but this this season has been phenomenal. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what people are saying about the North Division. Connor McDavid is on another planet. He actually he's in another galaxy. You know, we've got we've got players like like Matthews and Marner. They're they're on planet Earth and you know, Connor somewhere in Andromeda or whatever. That's that's just it, watching him play is just crazy. I think that I think he can he can turn it up pretty much whenever he wants and, and, and mark my words, I don't care if we're playing Toronto, I don't care if we're playing the Habs, I don't care if we're playing the Jets. He's going to turn it on to another level in the playoffs and watch. He's going to dominate the playoffs. And uh, I don't know, the sky's living with this guy. Uh, I love watching him play. Um, you know, he's had one of the, the, the greatest seasons that we've seen. Uh, I don't do that whole era adjusted because to me, it's just, a, it's just excuses for, uh, for, uh, you know, for, 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 for fans. I still think Gretzky is the greatest and Gretzky is always going to be the greatest in my mind. Um, but that said, Connor has just been wow, lights out this year, and and uh, that's all I have. And let's go, Oilers. 
Well, we appreciate that, Chris. It, it's funny that debates come up a lot this season about comparing players from different eras. I was actually <laughs> talking to my dad this afternoon. He said, "You can't, you, you can't decide. It's all so different." And I said, "No, it's it's fun to talk about." I mean, the only thing, Rob, is for me, and a lot of people have different opinions on this. And I know now there's lots of stats, like Chris said, era adjusted. How many points were you in on? What percentage of goals were you in on? To, to me, it's how far were you ahead of your peers? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Gretzky was, um, in, in a high-scoring era, was still outscoring the second, third, fourth leading scorers by a ton. And, and to me, that's the testament to McDavid's greatness is that there are other great players and McDavid is still leaving them in his dust in, in the scoring race. It's, it's a fun discussion. I don't think there's a right answer, but uh, uh, it, it is fun to talk about. It certainly is, and I agree. I think it's how much better he is, the players, against his peers at that time. And through the first five years or whatever of Connor's career, he's been the best player, but the difference between him and the next guys haven't been as huge. Uh, When you look at each year, a Kucherov will have a big year or a Leon will have a big year. Taylor Hall had a fantastic year. I mean, it's not the same guy every year, but there's, there's always someone that is within... You know, they can they can see his point total. This year, he set himself apart. This year, uh, he showed the difference between him and the rest of the league. Uh, as Leon, as we talked about, Leon's having an MVP season. He's unfortunately, he's the second best player in his team this year. But he's an MVP. Um, Marner, Matthews, McKinnon, Hubert are all having great seasons but they're being lapped by Connor McDavid. And to me, I, I agree. It shows you the difference between Connor this year and past years, he's taken it to another level that the star players in the league have not been able to keep up to. And it's funny, I saw, I don't know if you saw the quote out of Pittsburgh, the one writer who said that anyone that doesn't vote for Connor, Mc, or excuse me, doesn't vote for Sidney Crosby has is anti-Penguin because of they're comparing the MVP this year. And I'm like, and if you take Connor McDavid out of the equation, say he's not even in the equation because he's he's got an illegal... Mm-hmm some metal plate in his knee and they say, okay, he, he, he hung out with the Kentucky Derby horse. Yeah, yeah exactly. He Baffert's <laughs> his trainer in the summer. So he couldn't get, he couldn't win. Even if you do that, I love Crosby as a player, but you could have people arguing, well, Matthews or Marner or, or Leon or Huberdeau in Florida or Mershon in Boston. All those players are right there. So, and you could, any one of them would have their backers saying, okay, here's why my guy should be the MVP. And that's if, McDavid was out of the equation. You throw McDavid back in the equation, well, now there isn't an argument. There isn't a debate. He's been that much better than the best players in the NHL this season. McDavid, the overtime winner. Oilers win 4-3. It's a $400 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous, courtesy James H. Brown and Associates Serious Injury Lawyers. They've been given $100 for every Oilers goal throughout the season. You can track that total on 630Chet.com. That's also where you go to print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. Didn't quite get there tonight. It's the Japanese Village Goal Light. Now offering takeout complete details at jvedmonton.ca. Okay, 780-496-0063. We have Robert standing by. Hey, Robert, thanks for calling. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Well, you know know what? Tonight, I think... uh, Honestly, I you know when I you know I think about the way uh, uh, Koskinen played tonight. I saw I thought he I thought he looked good. I mean, considering that he that he let in 
four on four against four goals on four shots against Vancouver and last lasted all the 12 minutes. It didn't, didn't seem like uh, didn't seem like that was uh, that was like you didn't like he didn't look uh, he didn't seem rattled from that game to this game. I, I think he was I think he was fine. And then I and then I want to touch a little bit on. Uh, on Ryan McLeod, I mean, he's just—I mean, like every game, every game, I'm noticing him more and more, and he just got his first point tonight. So, I mean, like I say, I think eventually McLeod, he's gonna—I think he's gonna—he's gonna fit in nicely with this team. Yeah, I think so. He's he's looking more confident. Good for him to get a point tonight, Rob. We're going to make him the fourth star for getting his first point for Mr. Mike's Steakhouse Casual or your game day meal for takeout or delivery. Check out the menu at mrmikes.ca. It's hard to imagine that he wouldn't be on the opening night roster for the playoffs. I mean, I think he gives you more than Gaetan Haas, who's out right now and had that center position. Yeah, I agree. I, I think he's been very good. Uh, his speed, it just adds an element to that third line and he's a big strong body down low he works behind the net uh he's been good in his own zone uh and it also gives you now the points haven't been uh piling up but he shows in the minors that he's able to he's capable of putting up numbers and you're going to want a little bit of scoring depth in your lineup as as you move on in the playoffs so yeah i agree he will he will be in the opening night roster. As for Robert's other point on Koskinen, uh, Koskinen, that that third goal hurt. It, yeah. it did. And uh, I was cheering for Koskinen tonight. I was hoping he'd have a, a a bounce back game, and he was good through twenty or through forty minutes. But that goal, that that's one that you can't give up, and that's one that the coaching staff and I mean Dave Tippett talked about. He said that it was not even a, a scoring chance. That goal. So that's one that the, the coaches will certainly have in the back of their mind as they're going into the playoffs that, <laughs> you know, the last two outings that Koskinen played, one, he got pulled after four shots, and the second one, he let in a, a, a soft goal. Not what you want to have, not a way to instill confidence in the coaching staff of your ability going into the playoffs. Okay, the Oilers take it 4-3 in overtime. We got open lines if you want to chime in, 780-496-0063. You'll also hear from James Neal and Connor McDavid. This is Heartland Ford, overtime open line. Side of the net, chase on in front of the goal to McLeod against Neal. He jams it on net, scores! James Neal answers right back at the side of the net. All right, James Neal with his fifth goal of the season as the Oilers win 4-3 in overtime against the Canadians. Back into the Zoom room. Here's the real deal. Hey, James. Just uh, can you give us a thought, um, you know, on, on how your team played tonight, but overall the shape that your game is taking as you head towards the playoffs here and, and how you feel about it, uh, the team's game I'm talking? Uh, yeah, I feel, feel good about our team's game. I thought we've... Uh... Uh, just continue to build all year, uh, get better and better. So, um, and that's uh, just each guy. So, um, we're coming together at the right time, and um, you know it's uh, uh, it's fun to win games, and it's uh, uh, it's good that we're going in on uh, uh, playing good hockey going to the playoffs here. This is obvious, but secondary scoring is always important. You're going to get a certain amount from the top end, but you know how much does it does it help the overall cause when you're getting goals from lines, you know, lines like yours and, and defensemen chipping in and from all over the lineup with just the way this team is shaped. 
Yeah, I think, uh, you, know, you know, in those hard games and playoffs, you're going to need scoring from everybody. I think that's just... Uh, uh, um, it's how it goes in the playoffs. Sometimes, uh, you know, they're going to be checking your top guys uh, really hard that night, so you need to uh, you need to set the third and the fourth lines to, to chip in with goals. So, um, you know, I thought uh, our line was, was solid tonight. I thought we had a, a good game at home in, uh, in Vancouver, too. So uh, I like the way we're building uh, as we go along here. So... Um, but like I said, we're um, you know we're peaking at the right time. Mark Spector, Sportsnet. Look, James, tell me like tell me about this is a new situation for you. You're in this taxi squad. There's all these guys, and you're all dying to you know basically play for the varsity team here, man, and quit practicing hard every day with no games. Uh, you know what's it what's it like? What's it been like for you to to you know to be in that spot where you're fighting like heck to try to make the roster here, man? Yeah, it's hard for sure. I think, uh, you know, obviously being an older guy and a guy that's played a lot of hockey and, uh, um, you know, been around a while. So uh, it's it's hard, you know. You, there's no no way around it. Uh, you know, you just got to put your head down and do the work. And, uh, you know, we've talked about it uh, a little bit, but just a situation I, I had coming into camp and, um, you know, being the way it was uh, at, at the start is uh, I needed to get my legs under me and um, you know I just tried to stick with it as long as I could and um, try to be ready at the right time and um, you know it's worked out uh, it's worked out good so um, I feel like I uh, uh, I'm getting better each game and I feel like I, I've got my legs now and it's uh, it's the right time going into playoffs right and, and every team that makes any kind of playoff run gets somebody from underneath right the bottom six that starts to score a little bit that that gives them a goal here and a goal there and a you know that seems to be a spot that fits you like a glove like you could be that guy is that what you're aiming for here you I mean I guess what yeah. I'm saying is you're probably not going in the playoffs on the top line no but you could still be a big impact player yeah. on the bottom of the roster for That's sure it. for sure uh you know right where I'm at I think I can be uh um you know be a guy that could, comes in with secondary scoring for sure so uh I, I battled all year to to be in this spot and uh you know i played a lot of playoff hockey and um won on different teams and um you know i'm coming in with a lot of experience so uh i'm gonna i'm gonna help and, and chip in everywhere i can and uh you know i feel confident going into uh going into the playoffs right now so um it's worked out that way. It's been nice, uh, but a lot of hard work's gone in behind the scenes and, and on the taxi squad and uh, uh, and doing uh, doing little things to, to stay ready. All right, that is James Neal, who scores tonight, Oilers' first goal of the game. Neal, Nugent Hopkins, Cahoon, and McDavid, the goal scorers in a 4-3 win over the Canadians. We'll go back to the Certainty hotline. We have Bijan standing by. Hey, Bijan, go ahead. Hello, gentlemen. How are you, sir? Pretty good. Yeah, Mr. Brown, how are you doing, sir? Very good. How are you this evening? Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I just want to talk to uh, regarding... Uh, uh, I have a couple of questions. And I know, uh, Mr. Brown, the last year of your juniors, you play for, I don't, I think, what, 63 games? You scored 76 games, 76 goals, and you had 136 assists for a total of 212 uh, basically point my question is I just don't understand nowadays the players why the assist I'm talking about the value of the assist on these games on today's games is not that much value anymore for it I just give you an example Connor McDavid is six years in the league 
He have about almost 380 assists. No players in the last six, seven years, ten years have this kind of assist. So that's why I think McDavid in his different class, different category, because he sees the game different. It's not a lot. I mean, he loves to score the goals, but like for example tonight, I know he was minus three, but anytime he was in the games, he won't make assist. He, the goal for him was not very important. So the question I have for you, because I have two questions, why nowadays young players, they, they, they don't see the games the way they used to be. It's not anymore uh, uh, PS5 or PS4 games anymore. I mean, I just don't understand where we're we going with this kind of uh, mentality or IQ in the hockey. Um, my first question. Yeah, uh, good point. Um, I, I think that the game is so fast nowadays that you have to, for a hockey IQ, I mean, Leon Dreisettle and Connor and the great ones, they can see it and it slows down, so they're able to make the plays. For a lot of guys, the, the, they don't see the play and, and they're told, just get puck on net, don't turn the puck over, get puck on net. So instead of making plays, sometimes they just throw pucks on net or get pucks in deep. Uh, only certain players uh, will make plays and try to create uh, consistently and have the rope to be able to do it because sometimes if a guy tries to make a play and you turn it over, guess what? He's not going to play next shift, but the stars... If they turn the puck over, well, they're going to get another time because they're making more good than bad. Hockey IQ is huge, and you're right. I think that there's a lot more tunnel vision and a lot less creativity than there was years ago amongst uh, you know players when you start going down the lineup. And part of it, I think, is uh, players are coached to the point not to make mistakes. And when you don't make mistakes, some, you're playing that way, sometimes you're not as creative. All right. Well, the creative genius in the NHL scores the game winner tonight. Oilers take it 4-3 in overtime in Montreal. Moyes is going to finish the play when we get back, and you'll hear from Connor McDavid. It's Heartland Ford overtime open line. All right. Good to have you tuning in tonight. The Oilers get the win 4-3 over the Canadians. Keep an eye on that game between the Canucks and the Jets. Well, it's over, and the Canucks win 3-1 over Winnipeg, who have just been struggling for the last two or three weeks so we still can't tell you we still cannot tell you who the Oilers will play in the opening round Winnipeg still does have an edge because they have a game in hand on Montreal with a point advantage but the Jets are also now two and nine in their last 11 games so they've had plenty of chances to wrap up third and they haven't been able to do it we have an adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com slash hockey. Alex Stalock dressed for the Edmonton Oilers for the first time. He was the backup tonight to Miko Koskinen, who did let in not a good goal in the third period, but he does get the win to improve to 13-12 and 12 on the season. Okay, 780-496-0063. We have Moyes standing by. Hey, Moyes, go ahead. Hey, how are you guys? Good. Good. I just wanted to talk about, uh, I just want to get your opinion on what you guys think about Yamamoto's play and what's been happening between what that line showcased last year and this year. I just find that uh, Yamamoto's size is really showing this year. I know he's had a lot of looks, but I, I feel like he's getting beat off the pucks or being stopped from getting his chances because of his size. But what, what is your thoughts on that? 
Um, I don't think size is a huge thing in the National Hockey League much anymore. I really don't. It's not a physical league. Uh, Yamamoto's getting a bunch of opportunities. I, I think the biggest thing for Yamamoto, there's he doesn't surprise players now. I think that last year when he first came up, his tenacity, he could turn pucks over better than anyone. Uh, they just were surprised at how strong he was on his feet, how strong his arms were. If he was around a puck, he was able to lift your stick and take it. And I, I thought I heard earlier that where Bob said his shooting percentage was 25%. Now, Yamamoto was not a 25% shooter. So right. he was getting a lot of bounces and a lot of breaks last year. I, I think his shooting percentage this year is probably under what it should be. Um, uh, but, yeah, it, I just think it, it's a hard league. And in your second year, it, it's a little bit harder because now the novelty's worn off. Everyone has a book on you now. And now mm -hmm. you've got to recreate or, or take that next step. And it hasn't been there yet for Yamel. Um, but I, there's a lot of positives in his game. The, the, just the one negative right now is he hasn't capitalized on his chances. To me, that's not on size. That's just he's still trying to find the scoring touch at this level. Goaltenders are different at the National Hockey League level, and he's starting to find that out on a daily basis. All right, Moise, you're going to finish the play just for being a competitor. You get a $50 sawmill gift card, and you're going to have to finish this play. Sounds good. Kara runs over Sherratt. Kara will center for sure. Couldn't get his stick on it. Here's Larson. He'll let it go. Big shot from Adam Larson. Goal or no goal? No goal. Kara runs over Sherratt. Kara will center for sure. Couldn't get his stick on it. Here's Larson. He'll let it go. And the save made by Allen on a hard shot from the point by Larson. There we go. Moise's name is going into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 gift certificate to Visions Electronics. That's presented by PF Custom Countertops. Support local with a PF renovation. Get started at pfcustomcountertops.com. Oilers do win 4-3. In overtime, Connor McDavid had two points. He's up to 102 on the season. Dreisaitl gets points 80 and 81 on the year. Yamamoto did get an assist tonight. Nugent Hopkins got his 15th of the year. Rob, one question we're getting a, a lot of, and we have for the last couple of games, and that's about do you sit McDavid and Dreisaitl out? Now, let's specifically ask that about, because we both think they're playing Wednesday. They made the road trip. Now, we did see Tippett give Smith the total day off today. We weren't sure if that was going to happen. He'd always kind of dodged questions about Staylock. Would you treat, if you're, let's, I'll, I'll make you pretend you're the coach. Would you treat okay. Saturday's game any different? Because, we, you know, we don't necessarily know what Tippett's going to do. The players say they want to play, but, but for Saturday's game only. Would you maybe say to two or three guys, look, you've, you've done your work. Let's, let's just sit out today. Um, you might give them the option. The only problem about Saturday's game is if they don't play, it could be a week before games. Uh, they, they play Wednesday, and they might not start till next Tuesday or Wednesday. So now you got a week off with no games. And the one thing that we've seen with Connor and Leon, they want to play every game. I, I, I imagine that Connor and Leon and, and probably Nurse will play every game remaining. I, I honestly do that. I think that uh, you will have the conversation with the players. The one thing... Connor and Leon don't put themselves in a position for injury because that's you're not worried about fatigue because they're not going to be tired. After Wednesday's game, they're going to have one game in a span of seven days. Uh, so they're going to be well-rested for the start of playoffs. The only fear is injury. And I've 
in all the years that I played, I don't remember guys sitting out games ever at the end of a season. I, I just don't. That's just not the way the hockey player mentality. You, you play, if you get injured, you get injured. It was going to happen. It could happen in practice. It could happen stepping out of a shower. So uh, I would think they would play. Smith's different. He had to play an extra hockey game this week because Koskinen got pulled very early in the game, and that was unexpected. So that's why you give Smith uh, the extra day off. Um, so I just, I mean, they're going to be playing. It'll be an exhibition game against the Vancouver Canucks because it means absolutely nothing on Saturday afternoon. My guess it'll be a no-hitter. It'll be one where Vancouver wishes the season is over and the Edmonton Oilers wishes, wish the playoffs had started. The game Wednesday is going to be a little bit bigger. Where, but the, the cool thing right now is the Edmonton Oilers get to dictate who they play in the first round. Uh, they, if they beat Montreal, they get Winnipeg. If they lose to Montreal, well, there's a possibility they could play Montreal in the first round. So uh, everything right now is on the Oilers' plate. But to go to your question, I think Leon and Connor play both games. It's because they want to. I would think, I know Tippett said he's got to talk to goalie coach Dustin Schwartz, but I, I would think Smith plays Wednesday and then doesn't play Saturday. And if, I still I'm think not it's even a sure big about that. if. I'm not sure about that, Reed. I, you I don't think Smith plays with... Wednesday? No, I think he plays both. Oh, you think Smith plays both? Interesting. Well, I, yeah, just, I, don't think thinking, he, I don't think he plays Saturday. The thing is, if he plays Wednesday and doesn't play Saturday again, he has a week off between games. And I just... I don't know. I just think he plays both games. That's it. That's one of the reasons he sat out tonight where he got a full night's rest where he could have stayed in the hotel. I don't even know where he was. But if he plays Wednesday against the Canadians and then doesn't play to the first game in the playoffs, which could be next Wednesday, that's a full week. you got a goaltender that is playing as good as he's ever played in his career and as good as any other goalie in the National Hockey League. I don't think he wants a week off between games. All right. Well, we're going to find out in the next few days. We'll some find stats, out in five days, yeah. Some stats tonight. Uh, Nurse played 26-22. McDavid did play a little bit less than usual, 19-07. Dreisaitl wound up playing 21-07. Leon Dreisaitl, 15 out of 20 in the face-off circle for 75%. And Ryan McLeod, by the way, went 6 for 8 for 75%. The one thing I, I that's well good for him, good for McLeod. That's the one weakness that we have seen and, and understand of coming up to the National Hockey League level. I, I we, we talked about how we feel Connor McDavid's going to be the MVP, and it's if it's not unanimous, then someone should lose their card for voting. But I don't understand how there's not Dry Settle might not win the Selkie, he might not and probably won't. But I don't know how understand how he's not in the conversation. He's leading. I don't. He's got to be near the top in the NHL in faceoff percentage. He's got. He, he's the leader in the NHL in plus minus. He plays usually against the other team's best players, and he's out. He takes every important faceoff, and he starts every penalty killing unit, and he's out there every time there's a, a faceoff at the end of the game, whether it, when the other teams pulled their goalie, so he's out there defending. So I, to me, I don't understand how he's not in the conversation for the Selkie because those are the things, you, playing against the other team's best players, being plus, being a great face-off guy, those are all things that I would expect would be huge when it comes to being a good defensive forward. And Mike Smith was the Oilers nominee for the Masterton. That was announced earlier today. I, I would think Marlowe gets that. I mean, he became the all-time games played leader. Yeah, hey, hey, good. I mean, there's there's... I, actually, I was nominated my year in Pittsburgh. Uh, it's it's a cool nomination. It, it, it's nice to be recognized for your peers for overcoming something to become 
uh, as you move forward in your career. Um, but yeah, there's there's some. Uh, if you go through the the list of players that have been nominated by their team, there's a lot of players that are very worthy of that award. Also, Dylan Holloway is going to join the Bakersfield Condors for the remainder of the American Hockey League season. Remember, they have a couple of more regular season games, and they're going to have that playoff tournament. Only the Pacific Division in the AHL is playing a postseason this year. Okay, Connor McDavid had the winner. You'll hear from him when we bring you back to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Tatar gave it away to Dreisaitl. He'll get a long pass to McDavid in on the breakaway. McDavid scores! Connor McDavid ends the game in overtime. Oilers win four. There is Cam Moon putting the bow on this one, and here is Connor McDavid telling you about the game. Hey, Connor. Uh, can you just get a thought on that win, uh, you know, being able to, to kind of pull that out in overtime? Uh, yeah, definitely wasn't our prettiest win. Um, you know, they, they, uh, they played a, a grind type of game, and, you know, they played hard, and I thought we did a good job uh, for most of the night, not all of the night, but, you know, kind of matching that. Um, you know, obviously don't like giving up the the third one there and uh and uh in the third period with the 3-2 lead but you know those things happen so um you know good we were able to get uh get a win that was a pretty desperate team they needed that one point to clinch the playoffs did you kind of get a sense of that out there today yeah you could definitely get a sense of their desperation but um you know it's a great uh that's a great thing for us to 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 be able to play a team like uh like this with their de- with their desperation with their intensity level tonight um you know that's how it's going to be moving forward so um you know it was a, a good test for us and good for us to keep our uh kind of playoff mindset going Ryan Shrugged, yes sir. Connor, there was some goals tonight from, you know, a couple of different lines and some different guys. Um, you know, how much of a boost is that for your team when that happens? And, and, I mean, obviously it's critical in the playoffs that you get that kind of stuff as well. That's fantastic. I think, uh, you know, obviously Nealer's played a long time in this league and scored a lot of goals in this league. So, you know, you give him chances, he's going to score. Um, you know, it's good for Clowder to, to get his first point as well. And, you know, I thought uh, their line as a whole was uh, was really good and, and uh, you know, created some some chances and obviously potted one. And obviously Leo's line, you know, doing what uh, what it always does and finds a way to get one. And um, I didn't think our line was, uh, was overly great tonight, but, you know, we found a way to contribute offensively, um, you know, which is always good. Couple games left here, Connor. Uh, we've been asking Dave a lot of questions about, you know, whether he plans on resting guys or not, and you know, he's sort of taking a wait and see approach. From your standpoint, I know players want to play, but you also want to be healthy and ready to go for the playoffs. So, so where's that balance for you? And under what circumstances would you look to take a rest if needed? Um, you know, I, I I think you want to keep keep uh, keep kind of going. I think. Uh, you know, you see teams that, that do that. Sometimes they don't have the best start in the playoffs, and you know you're you're uh, you know you're playing against a team like uh, you know that's that's you know been having to push to make the playoffs. So obviously a little bit different in our situation where Winnipeg's clinched for a while, but um, you know obviously that's that's Tip's decision, and and uh, you know we want to keep playing and 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 uh, you know keep our, our playoff mindset uh, going. Yeah, I'm not first of all, press. Um, hi Connor, you uh, you were matched up quite a bit quite a bit against uh, Jake Evans tonight. I know you've known him uh, way earlier in your life. Uh, what can you say about his, his progression as a player and, and what you're seeing uh, right now in the NHL? 
Yeah, Jake's a guy that I've played a lot against. Uh, you know, played a lot against growing up. Um, you know, and had lots, uh, lots of battles with. So, um, you know, got to know him a little bit uh, just through training with Gary Roberts there, and um, obviously a real good guy. And you know, seen him come uh, a long way, and you know, he was good tonight. Um, you know, really good tonight. So, you know, we don't. Uh, I don't love that part of it, but you know, good to see him uh, playing well. Mark Stacker, Sportsnet. So Connor, these are, I mean, all you guys have to do here is is work on your game and get your game ready for the playoffs. And is there something in taking Montreal to a tough game all the way through? I thought you were the better team. You led for most of the game. Uh, that hasn't been the case when you played Montreal a lot of times this season. Is, is there something in sort of slaying that dragon a little bit tonight? Yeah, for whatever reason, Montreal's, uh, you know, kind of had her number. Um, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say so of late. I would say early on they did. Um, you know, they, they. I mean, they played us the maybe the third and fourth game of the year, and and they got out of the gates real hot and and came into to Edmonton and you know beat us obviously pretty good. And um, you know, but I've you know I think we have three wins or something like that against them and have played some some decent hockey. So not our best record, obviously, but uh, you know I think we've we've played them hard. Right, and as you as you now it's going to be Winnipeg. I think we know that. Uh, you know, not completely for sure, but almost for sure. Uh, does it matter at this point? Do you are you starting to think about the Jets? Are you you know can you go there yet, Connor, with a couple games left? I don't think you go there yet until it's for sure. Um, you never really know what's going to happen in this league, so you know it could be it could be Winnipeg, could be Montreal, but you know we're prepared for either, and um, you know we'll be uh, we'll be ready. Daniel Ninja Bowman, the Athletic. Uh, Connor, I'm just hoping I can ask you a couple questions about your season more as a whole, whole as opposed to tonight. Uh, a lot has been made of your offensive, uh, you know, point production, logically. Uh, but I'm curious about your defensive side of game this year because I've, I've heard you really worked hard at that. And I'm just wondering why you decided to take such a uh, attack and, and doing that as, a, as opposed to early in your career or later in your career. Why was it this time that uh, you decided to kind of make the run of that? You're asking me that on a night where I was on the ice for three goals against. So, um, you know, that's that's obviously why I work on it. I mean, it's uh, um, it's something that uh, you know all the all the top players um, in the league. Uh, you know, they they're they're out there against tough matchups every night, and and you can't be a liability. Um, you know, I think that was the next step for for our group is for Leo and I to. Uh, to kind of take that responsibility on and 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 grow and into that 200 foot game and you know, obviously Leo's done an amazing job and and uh, you know I'm, I'm continuing to work on it uh, each and every day. I know there were some guys that you really watched a video of. Who who, who did you kind of target and what did you learn uh, when it comes to defensive play and, and maybe even faceoffs as well? Because that's another area you've really improved at. Yeah, I think uh, you know, the biggest thing is just. You can't just be in motion all the time. I think uh, you know I would get I would get uh, get kind of caught uh, swinging away or or swinging you know by pucks and you know just trying to stop and stay underneath pucks is uh, is uh, kind of the biggest thing I would say. Last question, Jim Matheson, Post Media. Uh, Connor, you haven't the team hasn't had a lot of overtime games this year and have had no games that have gone to a shootout. Um, that was late in the overtime. Soon as Leon's getting the puck, are you breaking into the open? Does he have to look for you, or do you have to yell or anything? I mean, it was a long pass, but he in stride. Yeah, I think uh, you know. Obviously, Leon and I have played a lot together and, and kind of know what each other are thinking. And usually, when he's got the puck, and you know, it's kind of a quick turnover like uh, like that was. You got a couple guys trapped. 
you know, he's uh, he's obviously thinking the same thing I'm thinking and, and, and vice versa, you know, if I have the puck in that situation. So, you know, in overtime, three on three, if you can get, get guys trapped, uh, you obviously want to get up the ice as quick as you can. There is Connor McDavid, NHL Public Relations, putting this out on Twitter. That was his 11th game-winning goal of the season. Only two Oilers in history have had more in a single season. Gretzky had 12 in 81-82. Curry had 13 in 84-85. And, of course, they were playing 80 games. McDavid in overtime. The Oilers beat the Habs 4-3. It does mean Montreal is going to the playoffs. We still don't know who's finishing third and who's finishing fourth. The Oilers, of course, are locked into second. Get more on this game on 630jet.com or globalnews.ca. Next game broadcast is Wednesday. It's a 1.30 face-off show, and the puck will drop at 3. Once again, Oilers in Montreal. Also, that Saturday game against Vancouver, that'll start at 1.30 in the afternoon. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer, and Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers win at 4-3. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.